Welcome to Plot Points, the definitive voice of Landano International, where every plot has a story, every right has a history, and every episode unveils the tales and truths that connect us to the very ground beneath our feet. From age-old disputes to modern-day solutions, join us as we unearth stories that have shaped landscapes and lives. Let's dive in, discover, and navigate the terrains of land rights together. Subscribe now to Plot Points and never miss an episode. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on this inaugural episode of Plot Points, where we have the privilege of hosting Peter Van Garderen and Doris Vandercroft, the original architects and creators of Lindano International. Recorded at the bustling 2023 Cardano Summit in Dubai, Peter and Doris share their insights on revolutionizing land tenure, Project Catalyst, and the work Lindano has achieved thus far. Their work isn't just about technology though, it's about changing lives, and empowering communities through innovative approaches to land rights management. Join us as we uncover the stories behind their mission, the challenges they've faced, the milestones they've achieved, and the exciting path that lies ahead for Landano. It's more than just a discussion. It's a window into a future where technology and tradition converge to create a fairer, more equitable world. Now, without further ado, let's listen to their conversation. Hello, everyone. My name is Peter Van Garder, and I'm one of the co-founders of the Landato project. We are creating land right NFTs on the Cardano blockchain to help disenfranchised um, people with uh, challenges accessing uh, land title registration, um, provide solutions uh, to help them enter the real estate and property uh, rights arena, and provide new opportunities uh, to leverage those for for loans, for other kinds of uh, equity opportunities. There's a huge demand in particular in Africa where we're focused right now to resolve what's considered a quagmire in record keeping uh, for land title registration. And that is a, it ends up being a, uh, a bottleneck for a whole other, a whole number of other economic uh, opportunities and mobility. So we're very excited to be working on that. I'm here right now with my other co-founder, Doris van der Kroft, and I'll let him introduce himself. Okay, so hello, I'm Doris van der Kroft, CTO of Landano, and we're uh, recording this from the Cardano Summit 2023. Uh, we've uh, had an amazing few days uh, meeting a lot of uh, enthusiastic people, uh, and we're very buzzed to, uh, to bring Landano forward into the next phase. Yeah, and that's like, uh, we've been uh, we've been around. I think it's almost two years now. We're getting close to two years. We were funded originally through Project Catalyst, yeah. um, and over the last two years, we we've built a real network of like you know friends friends of the Land Animal Project, and um, you know it's really nice to, to run to people and get compliments on the work that we're doing, and people asking how we're doing, and helping us giving us advice, and helping us network, and connecting us to the right people. Um, the Cardano community is quite amazing and, and the Cardano Summit here in Dubai has been incredible. It's been an amazing opportunity for us um, to continue to work on uh, branching out and getting more and more people interested and involved in the Landano project. Yeah, yeah, correct. Uh, like everyone I've been talking to uh, just said uh, either complimented us on our work or uh, gave us confirmation that we're on the right track. And that's uh, just from people you meet, like developers, but uh, also VCs who are like uh, really focused now. Um, they're, they're saying the uh, real FI uh, will 
definitely bring on more people and that's the new thing onboarding new people that will bring the new bull run so that's uh, been very exciting uh, to see. yeah that, yeah and you, you i mean we've been you and i've been saying that for the last year already right yeah and now it's, it's it's nice to see other people understand and realize that and yeah really to break it down is that you know the, like crypto and blockchain has done really innovative interesting things but mostly at like a decentralized finance level at a very technical level there's still huge issues around connecting, uh, tokenizing real-world assets correctly to the blockchain. People have been trying, but there's been lots of uh, mistakes made along the way. Um, and so I think we, um, as within Lidano Project, we've got an, an amazing team of experts, Doris and myself included, but we're not alone. We have many other great colleagues that are working on this with us. We think we've done a, uh, a really fantastic job designing uh, and specking out an architecture that can really leverage uh, the capabilities that uh, blockchain notarization gives you and NFTs gives you, but give it like real world purpose and meeting real world needs. And there's people, you know, there's people on the ground in, uh, you know, right now we're doing projects in Ghana, Mozambique, um, that are desperate to be able to claim their property rights, their family inherited property data themselves might have rights to property, but they lack the documentation to prove it. And without that, they can't get a business loan or a lease and so forth. So this is like, honestly, it has obviously has very real world application. And um, it, this, this, the next wave, the next bull run, bull run for, for uh, blockchain, I think will capitalize on that and, and scratch that itch. Because in, in our case, we're working on Labyrinth Records, but the, the list is almost endless as far as uh, things that are candidates for tokenization. And not just for tokenization, for tokenization's sake, it actually offers something new we haven't had before. We can disintermediate banks and mortgage brokers and insane, insanely large uh, uh, interest loans that uh, people in Africa have to pay if they do manage to qualify. There's a whole bunch of things that we can change and disintermediate once we uh, get this up and running and do it successfully. Yeah, it's really a stepping stone uh, to to progress further. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. So what else can we talk about? I mean, we've been making them. So we, we were a Catalyst funded project. It was nice to shake the hands uh, of some Catalyst um, folks here at the Cardano Summit. Um, Doris and I actually met through Catalyst. Um, we The Catalyst uh, process includes an ideation stage where people propose ideas and then, you know, see, uh, flesh those ideas out and maybe find potential collaborators and then together put in a proposal. And that's exactly what Doris and I did. Yeah. Um, Doris posted um, a question about shouldn't we be able to do something about land, land, land registry, land record? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And, and, and remind me again, like, I mean, you have, you, you yourself have lived in Ghana and you have seen firsthand some of the issues around this. And I think that's what motivated you. Yeah, yeah, that, that was my initial thought. Uh, so for a while, I've, I've been a software developer in, uh, for, for 20 years uh, and, and working on uh, startups, and, and, but also large enterprises. And I also just wanted to have more impact with the skills I I, uh, I own. Uh, so that got me actually into the Cardano space. I, I saw Charles Hoskinson's talk, uh, his famous whiteboard session, banking the unbanked, uh, those kind of things. And that's when I learned about Project Catalyst. And I, I was actually in, uh, in the town hall that just before the start of uh, Fund 7, I think it was. Cool. Uh, and and they were asking like okay if you have an ID post it uh, on our platform and uh, yeah we'll take it from there so that's how it actually started so I had this just general ID let's do land right records and I posted that ID and and people started chiming in uh, amongst uh, Peter of course you 
and uh, and and then uh, yeah, this amazing thing happened. Uh, we we gathered a lot of people around us, and we wrote this proposal and got funded, and and that's actually how we kick kick started uh, Landano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was really a really fun and amazing process. <clears throat> when I saw your your proposal about hey, can we do something about Landright Records? It immediately piqued my interest because my background, professional background, as an archivist. Um, I've helped develop, uh, you know, digital archiving record keeping systems for the last 15, 20 years. I've got a couple of open source platforms that do that. They're widely used around the world. And us archivists are very concerned about um, creating, maintaining, and storing uh, highly high quality records that um, maintain their authenticity, that um, are maintain their usability, like the, the, the so that you can use them across multiple generations of technology. So our, us archivists think a lot about that, and we also think a lot about um, the various standards and legal requirements that come into play to make sure that a record that you create, it can be proven to be a legal record if you need to take it into court of law or to some other kind of mediation. And so it very much uh, spoke to me as well. Just like Dora said, I, you know, I, I'm a mid-career professional myself. I have established a lot of expertise in the field of digital archiving. Um, but I also feel like I, I, I would like to use my skills um, to, you know, to help improve the world. I have, I'm the father of three teenage children, and I do think a lot about the kind of world I'm leaving behind. And I have a lot of hope and faith in, um, in decentralization, and, and, you know, which, which means a lot of different things, but includes blockchain technology. This idea that we should be able to disintegrate, mediate, um, centralized systems of governance, finance, uh, other ways of controlling the world and do a better job at fairly distributing the resources that we all we all are able to share. So in, in that sense, and I think Doris and I, I would probably identify as well, like as kind of, we are essentially kind of decentralization evangelists in a way, like it's not just a tech job, it's not an interesting tech project. It is an interesting tech project, don't get me wrong, but it's that's not why we're doing it. We're doing it because we feel like this is a, this is a point where we can apply our expertise and our knowledge um, to a very specific problem that could unleash a whole new world of economic opportunity if we get it right. And that's what's so exciting. Yeah, that's that's super exciting uh, to, to work on that. And that, that's what I was really searching for, that r- uh, real impact. And uh, we, we, I think we both also agree that, uh, well, we, we all need to earn a living. So, uh, yeah, fair compensation should be there for, for everyone. So we're, we're not just doing this uh, like pro bono, of course, uh, but uh, also, yeah, to be able to provide our families. But by, by doing this, we hopefully uh, give others to, to the chance to also provide for their families. And that, that's what this uh, for me, is all all about. Yeah, it's it's, it's opportunity, really. Like, I think you know, and you know, Doris says I'm actually a uh, Dutch Canadian. I grew up in Holland, and Doris is from the Netherlands. But you know, both Holland and Canada is are two countries where there's a lot of privilege, especially for a couple of white middle class guys like you and I. Yeah, and you know, I I do take that seriously. I do ask myself, what what do I do with that privilege? Like, what can I do with the skills and the opportunities that are given to me that are not freely given to other people around the world um, by just by the pure lottery of birth. So, yeah. um, you know, it doesn't, you know, I, I love, you know, uh, this idea of like Ubuntu, this idea like, you know, like how can I be happy when my brother or sister are sad? And, you know, before the internet days, my, you know, I had my brothers and sisters in my circle of family friends were maybe 50 people, but now that's the internet. I feel like my family friends are 8 billion people. Like it's, it's really hard not to, um, for me, it personally, not to connect emotionally to the stories I hear from people around the world that are suffering, and um, and it's 
my nature to try to do something about that. Like that's my way of like coping with that. Um, Cause you know, the world is pretty, can be kind of scary and overwhelming right now as well. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like being able to work on a social impact project like Landano um, gives me an outlet, makes me feel that I'm contributing something and that I'm helping, you know, push the, push the rock in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel exactly the same way. Yeah. Yeah. It's been very amazing. So maybe we should talk a little bit about um, where we're at now. So the, the catalyst funding that we received helped us to um, start developing um, a software prototype for the land right records. So, um, and we have made great progress with that. We also use that funding to run pilot projects on the ground in Ghana. Um, and we made some very interesting discoveries that led to, you know, maybe a shift or a focus in our business strategy. So we were also um, connected to another project, another team that's working on land ride records in Mozambique. And there's two things very similar about um, how land right records are um, assigned in both those countries is that once they both received their independence from their colonizers, the Portuguese in the case of, in the case of Mozambique and the English in the case of Ghana, they put in they put in place a pluralistic legal system which respected the um, common civil law of the former colonizers, but also respected the traditional law of the locals that have been in place in millennia, um, as far as like uh, family clans and and chiefs and so forth having the authority to um, assert um, certain things, make certain decisions on behalf of their population. And one of the most important ones is how land is allocated and used. So while there might there's countries that might be formal registry systems that are housed in the capital cities uh, far away from the, the the land that people actually live on, the decisions about what gets done with the land, whether whether you get to plant corn there this year, or whether you get to build a barn over here, or whether you get to build a house over here, typically all goes through the chief. And the beautiful thing about and then the chief decides, yes, you may do this, you may not do this, and the chief's word is law. The and that is actually protected and enshrined in the constitutions of Ghana and Mozambique, which creates a really interesting opportunity for a project like ours. And we only really just came upon it because of the pilot testing that we did. And again, thanks to the generous funding of Project Callus, we were able to do that and uncover this particular situation where essentially there's a gray zone. There is, there is what is actually registered um, in the land registry title offices um, and what's actually happening on the ground. But there is still this respect for um, traditional leaders being able to uh, assert their authority. So what we this discovered is that using verbal commands first and foremost creates a, opens up a lot of room for miscommunication it op- also op- opens up room for manipulation of potential fraud and other mm-hmm. things so what we felt was missing was a, a good accurate record keeping system that can support the the these uh, traditional leaders with their land allocation management so that's what we directed our focus and we began building a platform that would allow first and foremost for the chiefs to um, chiefs of family clan heads to survey the land that they were in, that they were authorized to uh, to manage, and then start plotting their lands, uh, creating plots, and essentially creating land title records um, in a, in a separate parallel platform, but uh, not to supplant the land registry office, simply to to give. The people in the situation is a tool, a, a a document that recognizes and is blessed by the chief that they have certain rights to land, and we 
are quite excited about what the opportunities that gives. That it doesn't mean again that we don't recognize the authority of land registry offices as well. We work very closely with the Lands Commission in Ghana, for example. They're quite happy with the work that we're doing because we have been coming back with survey data that they did not have before, with cadastral data that they didn't have before. And because we're using professional standardized methods to collect those, um, they will they quite quite happily are adding into their own system. So we're trying to find this we're in this like middle middle ground where we're trying to bring the formal system into the informal uh, into the informal world, in the real world of, of millions of people in Sub-Saharan Africa that live their daily lives like this. Yeah, the, and the beauty there is that, uh, of course, the government of Ghana already recognized that verbal commands is, is not the way to go. They saw uh, 80% of court uh, records, uh, court cases. Uh, are about uh, conflict of of land, uh, so they already said, uh, yeah, a records system is mandatory, yeah. but it's just not in place. So that's actually beautiful that we can come, uh, co come in there, and uh, and solve that issue as well. At, yeah, at it, the same time. Yeah, yeah, and the more we learn, actually, that the the Ghana Lands Act actually has a requirement for traditional chiefs to set up what's called a customary land secretariat. They're saying, hey, just like Doris just said, it's not good enough to be verbal. We need you guys to keep better records. But they're not necessarily qualified or have the expertise or have access to people's expertise to do that. So what we're able to do with Land Adam is say, hey, here's here's user system out of the box and you will start complying with this requirement to have a customary land secretariat. So we're, we're again, we're helping on both sides. And I think that's, we've had the sweet spot and, and definitely, you know, we spent um, some time in Ghana uh, a few months ago. We held a, a chief summit to explain what we're doing um, and to, to make, sign agreements um, to go forward and experiment and pilot this solution in, in their jurisdictions. It was a huge success. Um, we, I, I can't remember the exact number of chiefs that, uh, that, that were there, but in, in Ghana, there's a thing called the parrot. So there's chiefs, so there's parrot chiefs. So it's, it's almost, you know, paramount chiefs. Sorry, so I'm paramount chiefs. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the one paramount chief that we're now talking to represents a population of 4 million people. I mean, the, the population of Ghana is 35. Yeah. That, in that around there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, um, once the, once the paramount chief and then their subsidiary chiefs have blessed the land data solution and say, hey, if you want to do land, or if you want, if you come to me and you want to ask me about doing something to plot the land, um, let's use the land data platform to create a record for you. And then we'll use that to, to, to move forward. And, and I'll, we'll talk a little bit more about like, obviously like things like uh, the digital divide and like making this thing, uh, you know, as, as easy and accessible as people to people who may not be literate, who may not have access to uh, modern current electronics. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, we are solving those things. And once we can complete this, uh, this deal and this agreement with the Paramount chief, we basically stand to onboard up to 4 million people of land right records onto Cardano, which someone can, I'm happy to have somebody prove me wrong. Um, but I believe that would be the single largest like onboarding of new users on Cardano yeah. for one project. And we are very, very close to be able to do that. Yeah, amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're very excited. Mm -hmm. um, there's still work to do. There's still technology to complete. Um, the The project catalyst funding cycle did end for us. We were unsuccessful the last two cycles. Yeah, we're not. Doris and I are not going to get into a debate now about why we think that happened. But yeah. certainly, both of us believe there's a number of improvements that need to be made to the project catalyst system. 
Uh, I, I and, think that's also recognized by, by Charles, uh, yeah. what he said in his closing keynote uh, yeah. uh, just now. Yeah. Uh, well, also with its uh, SIP, what it was, it's yeah. 1594. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, brings governance uh, and, and can open the treasury, hopefully, in, in a better way that, yeah. and, and, and truly open those funds. Uh, yeah. That are in the yeah. I think, I, think it's, I think it's fair to say we were frustrated with the last two rounds, but that doesn't take away the fact that we are, are very, very grateful for. The seed funding that we did get from Catalyst, we would be sitting here talking if it wasn't for that, mm -hmm. and we would have made the advancements we've made uh, without the, the Catalyst funding we did receive. Yeah, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, our challenge now is to um, you know is to, is to get to a point where we can bootstrap ourselves, start earning some revenue. So um, again, going back to the idea of like somebody approaching a chief of the village saying, "Hey, I have this plot of land over here. Can I can I lease it, please, for the next two years? I want to plant some corn." And the chief says, "Yes, great. Logging in here. Here's your, here, you know, here's the platform. Um, here's the actual uh, cadastral data for that. And here's an NFT that represents that that you, uh, you and the owner of your wallet, is the legitimate user of that land. Now that that requires a whole bunch of like leaps of like uh, of of leaps in technology and yeah. what mm -hmm. people are currently capable in these rural locations, and we're, we're hyper aware of that." We're hyper aware of techno solutions and this idea that oh we can just sprinkle a bit of blockchain on your problems and it'll all get better. Um, we we definitely don't want to fall into that trap. Um, so we spend a lot of time thinking about how you know we can abstract away the NFT, the blockchain, um, to the point where we're just dealing with a simple smartphone app. The users don't have to know that it's the, using a blockchain in the background. But hunt for for us the developers of the platform, it's critical because. Uh, you know, we avoid the double spending problem, which is a huge problem in land records as well. Where yeah. Land uh, titles get sold more than once, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so, and that even to the point where our users might not have access to a smartphone or um, a, a tablet either to even do the transaction. So, um, we see like potentially subsidizing some of those costs, um, like providing providing some of these technical access tools um, for each village that we work with, so that we can onboard people. Um, and also, you know, give the opportunity to have hard copy records of the, the things that we're creating. But at the end of the day, the power of what we're creating is that it's based in Cardano NFTs that opens up a whole new world of, um, of a, a security and reliability, but also new financial instruments. So it's, it's pretty exciting times. It's, it's been a struggle. We're not the only project in the Cardano space that's, um, you know, like working hard in a bear market where the money for investment has potentially dried up. So, um, or at least been put up hold mm -hmm. and, um, but we're still working hard very much right now where we have been pursuing like a venture capitalist uh, investment route for, for our case. And we're looking at other kind of financing options. I'd say we're, you know, we're 80 to 90% of the way there to, to finish our technology. And um, it's just that last burst of investment that we need so that we can go back to the Chiefs and put it in front of them and actually start these pilots in earnest and start showing some real results on the ground. Yes, I think so. So I, I think uh, for now we're, uh, and this is all we wanted to say. <laughs> yeah. But, but, just, but you know, well, when in future sessions, we will definitely uh, open up about our technology and... Uh, yeah, we can do deep dive. Yeah, we can do deep yeah. dive and... Uh, so I'd say subscribe to the podcast and, and uh, we ho hope to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this inaugural episode of Plot Points. 
And a special thanks to Peter and Doris from Landano International for their enlightening conversation and insights into revolutionizing land rights through technology. Today's dialogue is just a glimpse into the transformative impact of blockchain in communities around the world. We hope this episode has inspired you to think about the potential of digital solutions in addressing real-world challenges. If you found our discussion compelling, please share this podcast and join our conversation on social media. For more in-depth information, visit landano.io. And also don't forget to subscribe to Plot Points on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Your support and engagement are what drive this conversation forward. Thank you for listening and being part of our journey. Until next time, continue exploring, questioning, and supporting the rights and stories that are woven into the fabric of every piece of land. This is Plot Points, where every plot tells a story. Let's discover them together.